This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I had a weekend free of the news, if you can imagine that. I was literally outside pretty much every waking moment, with with little exception. Three, two and a half days, really. Well, two, I guess. Two full days spanning across three different days. But 48 hours of incredible outdoor time. And uh, as a consequence of that, it was news-free, which was just... Uh, what shall I say? Oh, refreshing, <laughs> among other things, invigorating. Anyway, enough of that. Back to reality, right? So, Sunday afternoon, as I was preparing for this podcast, let me go, go check a, a scan of Twitter to see what's hot out there. You know, those of us in the know, this is, <laughs> this is how we get it. Not really, but anyway, here the the trending topic was um, these demands for peace in not, not demands for peace in Gaza. By the way, it was stop the genocide. Uh, I think um, I, th- I think it's I think it was hashtag end genocide now. Don't quote me on that. So, and then it went away which was a little strange, too. It seemed to be uh, posts with videos that uh, seemed... In, I really didn't look that closely at it, which is really the reason why I'm saying seemed to. And I certainly didn't go fact-check anything. So, And that's why I said maybe it seemed to be, maybe it was fake. Because it went away. But they seemed to indicate that there was all these protests around the world. United States, Europe, different places seem to be getting more and more violent, which is kind of interesting in itself. Violent calls for ending violence. (laughs) Interesting, I guess. But I don't get to create the narrative, you know what I mean? Anyway, as I saw this unfolding, and then, like I said, what was more shocking to me or interesting to me was the fact that it just went away. Now, I don't know, maybe this was left over from Saturday. Maybe I'm late to the party. I didn't even get a chance to look into that. So maybe it just naturally, you know, fizzled out as other things began to uh, replace it. There's a a big point to be taken away from just that in itself. And that is that where people's attention is directed, you know, because when that stuff is trending like that, they're feeding it out more because that's what they believe indicates is what people want. Whether or not you really want it, you're going to get it. And um, remember that theme as I talk through this with you a little bit. And before I begin to talk through it, this whole Middle East uh, situation and where we're at today, I have to acknowledge that it's a difficult topic to discuss. I find that it's not a topic that is discussed in my private circles largely. Um. I'm going to be completely upfront and honest with you. I'm a bit taken aback at the amount and veracity of anti-Semitism that I see. 
I mean, of course I knew that it was out there, you know. If you would have asked me a short time ago, I would have said, um, you know, probably equal uh, uh, um, Jewish people who don't like Christians or who might be racist to other groups. Um, it happens. And I would, I would have said to you that it's proportionate with Gentiles. And um, I'm not so sure that's the case. And if it is, either way, the level of it, the level of hatred, it's, it's deeply troubling to me. I ask myself, why? why? Why this hatred to the point of hoping that the others die, actively working and encouraging the death of the other side? That's a serious level of hatred. And so because of that, it becomes a little volatile to talk about it. And, you know, we have uh, Jewish people close to us, no Palestinians that I'm aware of. Um, I guess not to say that we wouldn't necessarily or don't have any reason to believe why I wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, communicate with, engage with, or become friends with a, a Palestinian. I don't even really know enough about it to, to speak to that. Interestingly, we just, we don't have much of a, a, a Palestinian uh, people in our, at least not that I'm aware of, maybe they don't say. You know, it's not like I go, to, hey, by the way, is there any chance you're a little Palestinian? I need to know. You know we, we don't do those kinds of things around here. Um, anyway, uh, but we do know uh, many Jewish people. We're going to a wedding this weekend, and... Um, it's a Jewish uh, groom. And uh, we have uh, other uh, Jewish people on my wife's side of the family. And, um, you know, I want to be respectful to them. This is a little bit a little bit sensitive issue for them, wouldn't you say? And uh, I've said to you all along with this, if there's one thing, I don't like to talk like this, but if there's one thing I don't want to do is, is stir up more division between Christians and, and Jews. Why? What, who has anything to gain by it? Let's just begin there. Anyway, um, I just want to let you know, I'm not trying to just whine about it. I'm sensitive to it, and um, I'm not anti-Semitic at all. I have my differences with certain Jewish ideology and the Jewish government, but I have my differences with the church's ideology and our own government. So, um I, I call it uh, independent thinking. You know, I don't just go with the flow. And I know that's uh, radical in these times. And uh, that's why I'm here with this independent podcast with no advertisers. <laughs> that's kind of how it works these days. Um, anyway, what I found interesting first and foremost and what caught my eye about the story, uh, not at all what I was looking for when I searched the uh, Twitter trending list there was that it was, you know, like stop the genocide, uh, very angry, hate-filled, you know, demand for action. And um, what, what's significant about that? Well, it not calls for peace. I find that, that very interesting. And, I mean, what can you conclude by that? That, that the um, Palestinian, the people who claim to be supporting Palestinians in Gaza, that they don't seem to want peace. The only 
maybe you could say want an end to the attack that they provoked. Now, by the way, when I ran that statement through AI, it wouldn't say it like that. They wouldn't say it like that because some people say, no, it's the Israelis who provoked the Palestinians to do that. That is a heinous, heinous argument, a heinous justification for the killing of innocent people. And I I just don't see how that's supported by any religion or any uh, ideology that we would say is, is good. I just don't. I don't agree with it. So, and for that reason, I don't support this Palestinians in Gaza. I do wish there was peace. I don't, you know, wish that the innocent people there would have to endure this. I do ask myself, you know, uh, you know how much do you want Israel to put up with? Uh, but also, um, you know, does the attack warrant a complete annihilation? You know, this unrestricted reprisal. Well, that's not for me to decide. Uh, but I did find it, it was interesting. It wasn't, you know, wasn't trying to come to the table for peace talks. Let's see if we can resolve our differences. Nothing along those lines. What does that tell you? At the very least, uh, what does it tell you about the intentions of the media or the people involved? I don't know. Who knows what we're even being told in that regard, right? So uh, I think I mentioned this. They get this fist logo, you know, that that slanted fist in the air logo, that familiar logo that I now also see included with certain Palestinian groups. Now, this gets very confusing. I see this mockery being made like we see um, gays for Palestine. And some people, ah, they would kill you over there. You can't be gay in, in Palestine. I suppose, you know, by that standard, then the, the right-wingers, <laughs> I saw that on a Democrat uh, political pamphlet, by the way, to, promising to go after right-wingers. I kid you not. But by default, you know, right-wingers and Palestinians are practically the same, I guess. But don't be fooled into... To thinking any of that's what's uh, really going on. In fact, don't even be fooled into thinking that uh, Black Lives Matter is a black movement. It's not. I I don't see that much of, if any, of this uh, so-called support for Palestine is really support for Palestine. Or that they even care. And I think that's part of the problem. It's become kind of clear that this is not likely going to turn into World War III, thanks to probably China for stepping in and sending their aircraft carriers over there and saying, hey, 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 you know, we're going to keep this on, a, on an even playing field. I don't know. Who knows what kind of power play is going on there. But th- these groups are the same. It's the same people. It's the same pink hats. It's the same BLM. It's the same pro-Palestine uh, but th- don't think, be fooled into thinking any of it's about pink hats or black lives or Palestine. It's it's a socialist effort. And, you know, I don't, wouldn't be surprised if there aren't a lot of people that get caught up in it for, you know, what they feel is other reasons. I think that's probably the case. But these are socialists 
And their job is to agitate, to keep pressure on the capitalist system, to keep pressure on the, on the, uh, on the free society that, you know, they might snap and, and turn to an alternative, which they'll be happy to deliver. Speaking of uh, agitating, by the way, uh, have you heard about all the attacks on these different military bases in the Middle East? Yeah, so, uh, I saw it on a map, I think, of where the... No, I didn't, no, there was no map. I did get a map of the location of the uh, of the bases, but I saw these stories popping. In fact, I checked into it, and um, just a few hours before I recorded this here, Sunday afternoon, Time Magazine reported that there was uh, 13 drone attacks on American bases in Iraq and Syria. 13 different attacks. There's reports of injuries. Uh, reports of uh, concussions, traumatic brain injuries, I guess, from the blast. It, it, you know, this is really fascinating, this uh, drones with bombs. And, you know, I was uh, flying a drone recently, an incredible drone. Whew, these things are magnificent. And the idea that you could attach, uh, I said to my buddy whose drone it was, I was flying this thing, I said, how hard would it be to put a very small incinerary device on this thing that you could drop on a roof and the mayhem that you could create with this wow i don't know i don't know enough about the technology to do any of that it just seemed to me that with what i was looking at there wouldn't be much of a jump to go do something like that i I mean i guess in its simplest form you could tape you know something that was uh, had a fuse on it to the drone and just go land it on the roof, and you know the, you'd kamikaze the drone, I guess. But um, wow, it's freaky to me. Now uh, they do have a technology available to block these things, which is kind of part of the problem, I guess. But then there's the whole missile thing, and I think it's only a matter of time before they're able to guide those without having it directly connected. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, attacks on military bases in the Middle East. And everybody just hears that, and I guess it's, it's okay. And I say to myself, nobody's surprised that these bases exist? So let me say, oh, well, we have an outpost in Saudi Arabia that we maintain. Uh, you know, because you know, strategically, we want to have a presence in the region. There's like a ton of these bases all over the place. And I think that they're using the word bases um, quite liberally. Where? I was able to see the map, I told you. Oman, uh, Turkey, Lebanon, Iraq, Syria. Are are we even um, allies with Syria? I don't believe that we are. I guess there's like a civil war going on over there. And that brings me uh, to my point. Why isn't uh, more of this publicly known? But more importantly, why are we there? I um, Before I get into that, I want to um, mention that the reason I'm bringing all this up right now is that we have to ask ourselves, how much our own American uh, military meddling in Middle East affairs has created or allowed this current situation in, in Gaza to be created? Our unrestricted support for Israel to allow these people to be locked there for this long 
Why haven't they been moved somewhere else? Why are they locked in this little corner that the borders of Israel have expanded? There's a history to all this. Does anybody really care at this point? I don't know. But here's my point. You say, you know, put it this way. Who cares about the million-year history on this conflict? Except that if we don't understand it, then we're bound to repeat it, which is exactly what's happening. No, not this time. We're going to wipe them. This is going to be the last time. I bet you not. I bet you not. Back to the bases. Why do I bring this up? Well, what if we have a role in all this? In terms of and the whole uh, terrorist effort in general. I think I mentioned this the other day on the podcast. When you look back at the list of these countries or bases where you have influence or we've um, known conflicts in Libya, and we've bombed Syria, Afghanistan, all these, they've never come out better. Like, what is this program? It's like the war on drugs. Everything that government gets involved in, they make it worse. What's the answer to that? It's somebody else to do it. Religious groups, far more effective than military regime regime, regime change. I can't say regime for some reason. can't say regime change. There, I did it. We have to ask this question. How much is our own government culpable in all this? Listen, we've been over there playing games, meddling in their politics a long time. What do you think the purpose of these bases is? What do you think we're doing? Are they gonna, they're gonna, look, you could research it yourself. Go find the map of all these bases sprinkled all over these countries. These are more like outposts, I would say. How are they even secure, for one thing? How much risk is our, our personnel and, I'm guessing, some highly sensitive equipment what is the risk of all this? But what's the purpose? One single purpose, ultimately, and that is to change the outcome of elections, or you might say uh, for regime change or to protect regimes. But either way, either way, it's fighting the powers that are in place, fair or not, whatever story you want to agree with. These bases are not for military base purposes, as it's reported. It's for political purposes. Of course... They have to frame it all under this guise of safety, the war on terror, as if we can't just protect our borders and do it that way. No. No, they have to give you these reasons that it's just a bit too complicated for you to really understand, okay? And we're just going to need a couple trillion dollars a year, so either do it or die. I mean, that's pretty much the message, right? And it's really it seems to be the new. I mean, no wonder no wonder nobody feels free anymore. This is the fascism we're living under. Everything is do it or die. Either take the vaccine or your financial death when you lose your job, career, business, whatever. Do it or die. Uh, either accept that your child's uh, trans uh, now a boy or a girl, not their biological birth, or they're going to die. It's literally the messaging. Either get on board with the new green scam or we're all going to die. Everything is said this way. Um, anyway, uh, these military bases are for political purposes. It's hideous, really. Absolutely hideous. And when you look at our own political framework and the corruption, 
and the impact of these, the real impact on these countries, all destructive, all destructive, every bit of it. To prove me wrong on that, despite all the efforts in Afghanistan and Iraq, tell me those countries are better off today in any way. Anyway, the bases are political, not military. In the same way, I believe that these pro-Palestinian groups are largely political, entirely political. And it's for the same purpose, to affect regime change here and in Europe, to enact their policies. And to put this in simple terms, they want to make sure that pro-Israel Donald Trump does not get reelected. And if that means cozying up with Nazis and anti-Semitic people, I believe they will. I told you a few things well over a year ago that we could expect for this election, did I not? I said that I believe that they will do whatever it takes to stop Trump from becoming president, even if it means killing him or starting World War III. It might seem to be all the all the above. Killing him is a bit difficult. It's a sticky proposition. After all, he's popular and otherwise healthy. But you know, a little plane accident like uh, what was the name, Pragdigen or whatever, Wagner. I don't know. There's a simple something went wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> it seems that um, China is going to prevent World War III from taking place in the Middle East, and also uh, not going to allow the United States to, I guess, you know, conquer Russia in some proxy war either. China seems to be the great world mediator right now. Interesting, right? I could be wrong about that, but as I see it, largely. So, killing Trump, World War III, um, off the table, it would seem. I also said that they were going to have to, uh, the Democrats in particular, the establishment really, because they're working with Republicans on this anti-Trumpism. Now, the new speaker is a beacon of hope, by the way. Uh, but I said that they were going to have a difficult time using the same tactics of this election as they did the last election. I said that would be very difficult. You know, Black Lives Matter, for example. Well, I greatly underestimated. Remember all the the um, the the the, uh, the riots during the last election? How easily are people fooled? How f- stupid do they think we are that suddenly? Trump gets elected and football players are so aggrieved by racial injustice that they're kneeling, disrupting games, and people are rioting in the streets because of police aggression. It just suddenly evaporates. I mean, to the point that they were going to defund the police, remember? The police are so awful that we're going to get rid of them. That's how bad it is. Burning down cities, they just went away. You think that that was for a legitimate racial inequity? I find it hard to believe. I really do. So, anyway, I said they're going to have a hard time doing that. Well, I greatly underestimated the creativity of the socialist. This is really remarkable. The whole story, really. Uh, it seems to me that they're going to simply reframe BLM as pro-Palestine. Those same people, those same activists, those same, what do they call them, community, um, I forget. Community activists, I forget. They need jobs. BLM, the whole race thing dried up. Woo! Free Gaza, free whatever. Genius political move, really. And it's an even better to allow for rioting in American streets if that's what it takes to make sure that Trump does not become president. 
Now, I want to point something out to you here before I let you go. I know, kind of a short... No, I'm going to talk to you about something else before I let you go. I'm going to do a little part two here, because the two stories are very much tied together. Um, this is a genius political move. Um, I believe that it is well orchestrated on, on just about every level. Is it completely scripted? Probably not, but wildly influenced. So uh, if I'm correct about this, if any of this turns out to be true, or if we ever even find out, um, is everything that I've said here a conspiracy theory? Now, we've been led to believe that conspiracy theories are bad. Now, you shouldn't believe in those conspiracy theories. Of course they're going to tell you that. What is the definition of a conspiracy theory? A conspiracy theory is a belief that some uh, secret but influential organization is responsible for an event or phenomena. And so, yes, everything that I just laid out to you is a conspiracy theory that I believe that there are actors within the political parties, some probably holding positions in government that are working together to produce a desired outcome that may not be consistent with the will of the voters, and it may not be consistent with what's being said publicly. And this does, in fact, happen. And we absolutely should be looking at conspiracy theories, even if it's brought to our attention from circumstantial evidence. I'm not saying that all the facts shouldn't be gathered before determinations are made. Why are all these bases sprinkled all over? What's the cost? What's the real impact on the Middle East? Is it doing anything productive for us here or for them there? Would there be a better approach? I believe there would be a much better uh, approach. I want to just lastly mention this. Everything going on points to more unrest here. I'd say particularly as we go through the political season uh, that there's a good chance of that happening. We'll see. I think... Uh, people are naturally on guard anyway, but uh, I'm not saying you got to be a lunatic about it, but um, I would be aware of your surroundings. Keep your level of situational awareness high, that's what I would say. I also want to uh, mention a little something to you that I don't hear mentioned a lot. You happen to be in a situation where there's gunfire and you're inside. Um Consider two things. One, getting the fire extinguisher, and two, pulling the fire alarm. Fire extinguisher setting that off could disable the shooter with the chemical, um, certainly blind them, um, and you whack somebody on the head with it. It could be quite a weapon. And um, and lay low. you got to get on the ground. Well, people uh, tend to miss. They want to get up and run around. That's how you get shot, for God's sake. Pulling the fire alarm, and in most modern buildings, it's going to enact very loud alarms as well as strobe lights, both of which are going to be very disorienting. Um, I believe that that disorientation would be helpful cover and probably help people get out in more of an orderly fashion, really. And then lastly, it's going to alert the authorities that, uh, that there's a problem at the building. I think you'd find that the intruder would tend to want to get out in that scenario. They're going to be thrown off by that. Um, anyway, I want to discuss these mass shootings is the reason I mentioned that. 
whether it's a product of, uh, you know, this Middle East conflict spillover, whatever you want to call that. Um, we had this uh, shooting up in Maine, you had the shooting down in Florida. Weird stories, really, in, in both cases. Um, you know, there's a belief out there that our government is involved in these things. And you look at the information, yeah, drug-infused psychosis. Um, the one in Florida just seemed to be a random shooting at a public event. Uh, I think you're going to see more and more of that. The result is going to be more and more people carrying, which is what probably should be the, the logical uh, solution to that. It's going to happen because they, they simply can't provide enough police to put a stop to this from where it's at now. And, and to begin some kind of mass taking of guns in this country is going to be extremely difficult, to say the least. not going to happen. Even if they uh, enact assault weapons bans, legally speaking, they're going to have a very difficult time creating a situation where people turn in existing firearms. It doesn't really happen in the United States. Uh, not that it couldn't. Not that it couldn't. That's why I'm a big believer in, um, what shall I say, I don't want to say the term you hear, but unserialized weapons. And as much as, uh, well, ghost guns they're called, the government wants to say that you know they're illegal. You're, you're never going to stop people from being able to manufacture firearms and, and a variety of weapons. Uh, I've told you this story before. A friend who's I saw many years ago had uh, manufactured simple machining, really, to create a little miniature cannon. It was a square steel stock, and he had like, um, I don't know, it was a bigger than a fifty caliber ball, I'll tell you that. You know, what kind of damn? It really wasn't designed for that kind of, really just designed to make a bang, like a fireworks kind of thing. But, um, you know, how difficult would it be to create like a little uh, ad hoc mortar system? And look at what Hamas was able to do. It's crazy. Anyway, this idea that our government is somehow behind these these shootings or these efforts or somehow involved in drugging people and hypnotizing them and maybe telling them, programming to go do these things, people that believe this. <clears throat> Is it remotely plausible? Why would our government do such a thing? Well, one, to make sure that Trump doesn't become uh, president, but I think this is a little different. I believe it's more for the anarchy. Why would our government go along with the anarchy? Fiat money, the mass debts that are on us, and they need a place to blame the defaults, really, or just make it go away. It's simply, you know, a war erupts and something new is created, and just, it's like World War II, all kinds of Loans and properties and all kinds of things just vanished overnight, literally. Uh, my same friend with that used to have that little cannon, if you want to call it that, um, his mom had to flee Czech Czechoslovakia from the uh, Bolsheviks, the gypsies. They told them, they're coming. You need to pack your belongings. You have an hour to get out. And the animals were left standing in the barns. And they fleed for their lives. Can you imagine? Imagine Wherever you live right now, imagine being told, hey, that the Russians or the Chinese are coming. We don't have the ability to defend it. You need to get out. 
is what happened in Gaza. Crazy when you think about it. To some degree, what happened in um, Russia or uh, Ukraine? They just didn't get any warning. Anyway, uh, like I said, I would remain vigilant right now. Vigilant, whatever the word is. I don't go out in public places, uh, certainly not in large gatherings, so I'm kind of immune to this kind of thing. So I hope, anyway, be careful. That's the name of the game. Hey, God willing, I'll be back on Wednesday. That's the plan right now. I hope to see you there in the meantime. Make it a great day.